Hello, weary internet travelers, and welcome to a very special in-between show. It's sort of an Oscars post-mortem and thoughts on Birdman. I know some of you are waiting on my review of The Sting, and that is coming. I just haven't had time to record that episode yet. Um, but hopefully this will tide you over until then. Um, it's no secret that the Oscars were Sunday night. Uh, I am recording this on my phone on my way to work, so if you hear noises in the background and I'm pausing more than usual or there's more ums or cl throat clearing, uh, bear with me. I think it'll still be totally listenable, but I won't have a chance to edit this, uh, this episode. So you are getting the raw audio, so whatever happens, happens, all right? Um, so the Oscars were Sunday night. I didn't get to see much of the, the actual show. I came in right when John Legend and uh, Common were getting ready to perform glory and they handed out the oscar for best original song after that now headed into the oscars i was already a little pissed off because big heroes or not big hero six big hero six won best animated feature but the lego movie didn't get nominated at all and that was one of the biggest oscar snubs in history but i thought they have a shoe in for best original song because I hadn't heard Glory, and then I saw the performance, and I was like, oh, never mind, that one's gonna win, because it deserves to, because that song's amazing. Um, that song's really good, and totally should have won. Um, I think it's the first time in a long time Best Original Song has gone to the Best Original Song, and that's the overall feeling I had about a lot of the, the awards. I feel like, um, a lot of people who deserved it won. I felt like it was a much closer race than in years before. As per usual, I did extremely terribly in my Oscar pool, but that's okay. Um, I just thought that there was a lot, uh, there was a lot to like about this year's Oscars, and I, I was surprised to see that it had a seven-year low viewership. I thought, you know, Patrick Harris did a fine job hosting. He was not as bland as Ellen, not as offensive as Seth MacFarlane. Um, I think he's a very good neutral pick. I'd like to see him do it again. I thought the Lady Gaga uh, Sound of Music thing was awesome, and then Julie Andrews' speech after was just like, here's how you do speeches, all right, everyone? Um, yeah, I, I liked the Oscars for the first time in years. Uh, it was my first time watching in about three or four years, and uh, I don't know, I enjoyed it. Usually I'm bored out of my mind, especially when I can just read the, uh, the winners later. Uh, Birdman cleaned up, which I was not expecting. I picked Boyhood in pretty much everything. Um, even though I didn't like it, I thought the Academy was going to go for the 12 Years gimmick significantly more than they did. So, uh, you know, that was an accomplishment. That's a pretty ambitious thing. So, shout-outs to Richard Linklater. Now, I haven't seen all of the nominees just yet. I'm still missing, uh, like, four or five. I think, like, four. And... Uh, it just so happened that I was able to catch Birdman the day before it won. So we watched Birdman this last Saturday. And I think I realized something about so far most of the Best Picture nominees that I've seen. All of the Best Picture nominees that I've seen. None of them have stood out to me as really incredible movies. But it's more like really, really good performances in really, really okay movies. Um... I do think I need to see Birdman again. I'm not entirely sure I picked up on everything because there is an element of magical realism, which always throws me off. Even though I knew there would be an element of magical realism, it was very, very heavy in this movie. Uh, not a bad thing, but something that, that 
I always have to, you know, adjust to. So, I thought that Edward Norton was fantastic in this movie. I thought that Emma Stone was fantastic in this movie. Um, I thought that Zach Galifianakis actually got a snub by not being nominated for Best Supporting Actor. I didn't even... I forgot he was going to be in it. And when he showed up, I didn't recognize him. He he straightened his hair and maybe lost quite a bit of weight for it. I'm not sure, but... He, uh, he shows up in one scene, and I was like, oh, okay, so this guy's, like, his lawyer or whatever. And then his second scene, I was like, oh, dang, that's, uh, that's Zach Galifianakis, you guys. Um, he was so good in it. He was so good in it. I would really like to see him take on more serious roles like that one. Um, it was, it was a much drier humor. Well, I don't know if that's necessarily true. It was... It was subtly funny, and I really, really enjoyed it. I liked, I liked his performance a lot, and thought that it's going, it's sort of fly, getting overshadowed by the other three juggernauts in this movie. Um, Edward Norton plays a sort of self-absorbed actor type, and he's awesome at it because he's sort of a self-absorbed actor type. Um, he's just, he, it's everyone's playing into the stereotype about themselves, and it's fantastic. I would say, with the exception of Emma Stone, I don't think a lot of people think Emma Stone is strung out on drugs, uh, unless I've been missing some sort of rumor. Um, she's fantastic in it, though. Uh, Michael Keaton, I hope, I hope Michael Keaton's back, you guys. I've always really liked Michael Keaton. He's responsible for some great 80s and 90s movies. Um, Night Shift, if you guys haven't seen Night Shift, uh, I prefer it to Risky Business. I love that movie. Um, the Dream Team, starring him and Christopher Lloyd and Peter Boyle and a couple other super legendary comic guys, uh, is a super fun movie. He's Batman. I mean, come on. Now, that's that's what I really want to touch on. The meat of Birdman is about an actor who is trying to put on a performance of uh, Raymond Carver's something or other, love something, uh, Raymond Carver book that he's adapting for the stage. And a lot of people see it as his last grasp at relevance um, because he's a, his star is burning out because he's uh, he's famous for playing a superhero named Birdman. He turned down doing Birdman 4, and he's, um, in a quite literal sense, haunted by the ghost of Birdman uh, for the entirety of the movie. And the, the movie is really, like, it's a really dense movie, even though it's only about two hours. Um, there's a lot going on. It's pretty deliberately paced. It's not the slowest. It's not the fastest. It could have been tightened up a little bit, I think. But um, it's really, it's, it's a really good movie. I, I think it's, it's worth watching. I'm not upset that it won Best Picture. I'm a little surprised. I thought maybe Boyhood or Whiplash was going to win it. It's really interesting watching Michael Keaton playing this character who's famous for being a superhero trying to stay relevant because he's a he's an actor that's famous for playing a superhero, but I don't think he's really on the quest for relevance that, uh, that his character in the movie is in. And he's a really interesting character. You root for him the whole time, but he's so, his ideals are so misplaced that you, like, you feel really sad for him. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really, really good performance. There's one scene in particular, um, he's in almost every scene in the movie, and he carries the whole thing, and he's really good at it. There's one scene in particular where he confronts his daughter about uh, doing drugs again, and she kind of hits back at him 
about this sort of unattainable relevance he's looking for, and it, it, sparks start flying, and my, it's the best acting I've ever seen Emma Stone do. I tend to like her, but she was incredible in that scene. And Keaton is fantastic in it. He, uh, his face is so emotive throughout the whole movie, and not in an obnoxious, like, James, K, uh, James Franco in the interview way. It's, it's really, like, it, when it needs to be big and loud, it's big and loud. When it needs it to be subtle, it's subtle. It's a really, really good performance. Um, you know, and there's, there's even some social commentary on, I wouldn't say necessarily the Marvel Universe. I think a lot of people would. There's been some controversy over that. I'll get on some more of that in a second. Um, it's, it's a really big commentary on these sort of empty action movies we've been seeing in the last few years, namely the Transformers franchise. Um, you know, it's easy for a big-name actor to be a superhero and sort of have a career revitalization. We've seen that with uh, Robert Downey Jr. in Iron Man, uh, all of them. And, you know, it, it really worked out for that guy. But I think there's a, there's a level of, like, selloutness to it. I, I know the original ending had Johnny Depp as Captain Jack Sparrow in a cameo. Um, I actually would have liked to have seen that ending after reading it. It was pretty cool. Um, but but it, was, it was this commentary on this empty spectacle. Like, yes, movies are about spectacle and experience and escapism and, and seeing, like, things you can't see at, anywhere else. But Birdman shows that you can see things that can't be seen anywhere else without having a an explosion every 10 minutes and you know a shot of a, a a lingering shot of a female behind every 10 minutes like it's more of a I'd say it's more of an indictment of a Michael Bay movie than anything but a lot of people took it the wrong way a lot of people thought it was about this sort of deluge of superhero movies that we've been seeing I think there are some superhero movies that this movie could absolutely stand as a as calling them out on their stuff I'm not necessarily certain that the Marvel uh, Universe is what they were going after. Uh, a lot of people involved with the Marvel Universe took it that way. Um, I know James Gunn took to his Facebook page and sort of, you know, railed against uh, a lot of what Birdman was saying and a lot of what people were saying in their speech. People were saying that it was good to see originality awarded over the deluge of superhero movies. And I feel like those are pot shots and... Um, you know, Jack Black even took some some shots at superhero movies in his uh, Oscar opening uh, skit or musical number. I'm not sure what, really. But, like, <clears throat> James Gunn said, I don't usually like James Gunn. I think he's kind of a loudmouth. And I think, uh, with the exception of Interstellar Guardians of the Galaxy, was the single most overrated movie of last year. But he was right on this one. It, you know... Guardians of the Galaxy was actually pretty well crafted. I, I don't think, I don't think there was a lack of heart to it. I actually think that's the thing I like the most. It had a lot of heart to it. Uh, I wish the story would have been better. I think the characters and the and the, the heart of the movie were really really well done. Um, but I, I didn't see the hype. That being said, James Gunn basically said, "Hey, if you think we don't care about cinema because." whatever reason because we make these popular big budget movies you're wrong like the reason we make these popular big budget movies is because we all saw Star Wars like Star Wars is not necessarily you know it wasn't necessarily lauded by the Academy but like people have a 
profound and deep respect for Star Wars uh, across the board. And that's the only reason we see these now. Like, we have the generation of filmmakers that grew up with Star Wars. Like, if you want to blame anyone, blame Star Wars for all this. Star Wars and technology. Um, but to say, like, to quote James Gunn, to, to say Joss Whedon doesn't care about the Hulk as much as, like, uh, Richard Linklater cared about the boy in boyhood is just a lie. Like, it's, it's a fallacy. Like, Joss Whedon cares about characters. He's If you read any of the comic books he's written, like, he he has a good sense of character. Like, he's a good writer. He knows how to get inside the heads of characters and write them. Uh, and I think people, you know, sort of brush that aside uh, in his movies. Like, I'm not sure anyone else could handle the amount of characters in Avengers as well as he did. I'm not sure he's not bitten off more than he could chew with the Age of Ultron, but we'll see. Um, you know, James Gunn obviously put a lot of care into the characters in Guardians of the Galaxy. The Russo brothers is another uh, set of Marvel directors he talks about. Like Captain America the Winter Soldier was one of my favorite movies of last year, and it's one of the best action movies I've seen in a, at least a decade, um, with the exception of John Wick and Dakin, I guess. Um... But it's a fantastic movie because there's there's real character at the at the heart of that movie. Like the characters work in those movies. So to say that the superhero movies don't care about characters as much as the you know Oscar nominated stuff, I think that's kind of messed up. And I think that's you know just snobby and elitist. Which you know the Oscars. Um, all that to be said, I really enjoyed Birdman. I want to see it again. I don't think I pulled as much out as I could have from it. Um, and maybe I did. Maybe it, it is just about uh, the quest for relevance and um, how empty spectacle is bad. But I wouldn't mind seeing it again. It's super well shot. The whole movie looks like one shot. It consists of about a dozen shots is what I believe I read. Um, but he hid the edits. So the edits are completely hidden over the course of the movie. I think I read there's only 16 visible cuts in the whole movie and they're I counted I tried to count at least there are four at the beginning and there's 12 at the end and that's it as far as uh as visible cuts in the movie go the passage of time is really interesting over the course of this movie um because the camera never stops moving and it all looks like one shot they had to get creative with it and boy did they get creative with it um at no point did I feel confused as to what point in the story we were at, what, what point in the timeline we were at. And, you know, that's more than I can say for something like Boyhood, where it was just like, ah, oh, he's another year older. We're not going to tell you. He's just, here he is being older. Uh, it's, it's a really phenomenal achievement on a technical level. It's a fantastic performance. It's a pretty good character study. I, I won't say it's outright fantastic. I definitely recommend seeing it. I don't know if it was the best picture of the year because I haven't seen um, all of them. Uh, I do know it's not my favorite picture of the year so far. Right now, I would say that distinction goes to Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which I feel like got snubbed in a big bad way, but whatever. Um, I'm expecting, I'm still expecting Whiplash to be my favorite. Hopefully, I'll get to that in the next week or two because I really, really want to see Whiplash. Um, I keep hearing it's intense and fantastic and... Uh, I, I, I enjoy drumming. I play the drums and my father plays the drums and he taught me how. So I really think that's going to be my favorite movie out of the, out of the, the best picture nominees. But Birdman, I don't think was necessarily undeserving of it. Um, I'm not upset by it. I, I think it's, it's a fantastic movie and everyone 
involved did an incredible job. So yeah, that's uh, that's sort of the the Oscar postmortem that I have. Um, you know, there were a little bit of surprises. I thought Michael Keaton was going to win over Eddie Redmayne for Best Actor. Uh, so I picked him in my Oscar pool and then found out the day before the Oscars that Eddie Redmayne was the favorite to win. I didn't know that. Um, but it's, it's, it, Birdman's enjoyable and the Oscars were pretty good this year. I don't know. I, I think they get a lot of crap, but I think this year they, they remedied a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, that's all I have to say about Birdman. You should check it out. It is the best picture of the year, so it'll probably be hard to come by via Redbox, but you can probably stream it everywhere now um thank you guys for listening before and after show at gmail.com if you want to contact me and tell me that i'm wrong for liking birdman or tell me that you agree with me for liking birdman that would be great um you know uh at before and after pod on twitter that's at before the letter n after pod on twitter to tweet at me about how i'm dumb for liking birdman and subscribe, like, comment on SoundCloud. Uh, the more subscribers I have, the easier it is for me to get the show on iTunes, please. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. I know you guys are waiting to hear what I have to say about The Sting. Uh, probably next week. I just wanted to give you guys something this week. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, I hope the you know road noise and, and traveling wasn't too much of a distraction for you. And until next time, go watch something. <laughs>